Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Haley Dale joining us. Haley is a certified content strategist and founder of Your Content Empire, where she partners with small business owners who are over the shoulds and ready to build their content empires their way. Through her programs, DIY Content Kits, and award-winning Tell All Weekly Blog, she's helped thousands of entrepreneurs create smarter content on a consistent basis that delights them and their customers while growing their bottom lines. Guys, I can't sing Haley's praises enough. She truly has a gift and a knack for transferring your essence into content. I know so many of us are stumped and just paralyzed by creating more content, but Haley dishes it all in this episode and she makes it easy and effortless and feel peaceful while creating content. And I am in it to hear all of her top tips. So I can't wait to introduce her to you guys. Before we dive in, if you love this episode, screenshot it, share it in your stories and tag Haley and I. Tell us what you love about it. A, we want to hear your feedback and B, I want to get this episode in front of as many people as possible. So if you'll link arms with me on spreading the word, I'll love you forever. But let's get to it. Let's dive in. Don't forget to tag us on your stories and tell us what you loved about this episode. But I am so excited to introduce you guys to Haley. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, Haley. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me. I am so excited. You know, I don't think I know the origin story of how you got to what you're doing nowadays. And so I would love for you to start by sharing with our Radiant Tribe who you are, what you do, all the things, because they are in for a treat as they get to know you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. It feels like a trip down memory lane. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I started my business. It was like November 11th, 2014. (laughs) I remember it because it was a day off of work because I was still working my nine to five. And I had just signed up with like at the time, like a really big investment with a coach. And that was the push I needed to start my business, put that shingle out, um, on November 11th, (laughs) 2014. Um, but before that I was always pretty entrepreneurial. I was trying all different things. I started so many businesses before settling in on this one. Even my mom, she sent me like from when I was seven years old, these flyers that I put up for my personal detective services. So it's been in the blood for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I started in November 2014 as a web designer. And I, as I kind of got further down the path, I was an awful web designer because I realized that I didn't want to actually create any content around anything to do with web design. It was all about content strategy that related back to my master's degree. And so um, pretty, a pretty good indication that maybe you're in the wrong business if you never want to talk about what it is that you're doing. But then about uh, a year in, you and I share a similar mentor. And so I was working with her at the time. Um, and that was when I pivoted my business to content strategy. And it kind of came in, 
I took two weeks off of my business um, to kind of figure out two weeks off of my job um, to focus on my business. Um, I took all my vacation time for that to figure out what direction I wanted to bring it in. And I was totally burnt out. So I watched Gilmore Girls for 10 days of that. And then the the last four days, um, I came up with a whole new direction for my business, a whole new freebie. I redesigned my website. So I got a lot out of those final four days. Um, And then it's kind of been, you know, no looking back since then. I've been all about content strategy and that little freebie that I came up with kind of on a whim, you know, that little guy has netted over 10,000 subscribers all on its own. And it was (laughs) such a stroke of inspiration. So that was kind of, that's kind of like the origin story of your content empire. Yes. Wow. That is incredible. Okay. First, I would love for you to kind of expand on what are some indicators when it's time for a change? Is it when your business is soul sucking? Is it when you hate doing what you do? How do you ride the tension of there are going to be tasks in a business that you don't like that you have to do, but you like the overall vision? How do you know when it's time for a change? Yeah, so it could be as simple as a pivot. I think a huge, I think one of our hugest signs is it's actually our content, right? And it's probably no surprise that I say this, but I think that a huge clue in what you should be focusing your business on, and maybe you only need a pivot, right? Is where do you get excited about creating content around? Like, where are you curious about in your own business? I think that a lot of us under undervalue the role that content plays in our own development as an expertise and kind of developing. It's kind of our apprenticeship. I look at it as that um, and the questions we explore. So if you find yourself really dragging your feet around creating any content and you just hate it, um, it's a huge sign that maybe you need to go in a direction where you're more curious and have more passion to explore. I love that. So when you work with people, how do you draw out of them what lights them up? And how did you draw that out of yourself? Because, you know, before I met you, I don't think I knew anyone doing what you're doing. And so especially when you kind of introduce a new spin on something into the world, you don't have anyone going before you showing you how to do what you're what you're meant to carry into the world. So A, how do you draw out of someone what it is that lights them up? And then what if it's undone and you don't really have words for it? Yeah, well, Oh man, this is such a good question. I feel like it differs. I'm like you in that I have an agency side to my business um, and a course side to my business. Um, and so on the agency side, by the time people are coming to me to build sales, their sales funnels for them, they already have proof of concept. So they already have that um, all arranged, right? And neatly packaged. They're pretty confident in the direction they want to go. Um, but on the course side with my students, I get this all the time, right? When people really are just kind of at that exploration side. And so I think, I think first of all, we need to just let the pressure off and let ourselves explore a little bit. Let's play, let's be creative. Let's take the pressure off to be a success and just focus on being of service. And I think if you go in with that attitude of experimentation, joyful experimentation, hopefully, um, and, you know, being a service, answering questions that light you up, I think that it's going to appear, I, I don't, I, it's one of those things like, how do you, how do you chase happiness, right? It's like one of those answers that I think just kind of comes to us through doing and exploring and experimenting. I think that's so true. And, and I think emphasis can't be placed on the that experimentation piece enough 
because I know in my journey, it's been a lot of tweaking and refining, tweaking and, re- mm-hmm. tweaking and refining, releasing an offer into the world and saying, ooh, this part feels good. This one doesn't feel good, you know, and just improving it over time. Totally like Goldilocks. Yeah, exactly. So what would your advice be to someone kind of in the trenches learning how to play the long game, because I think, especially with online business, we've been fed this kind of myth that, you know, we use this formula, we play by these rules, and we make a million dollars tomorrow. Um, When in reality, it's just like any other business, you take out a loan for your brick and mortar in your local community, and it takes a few years before it's profitable. Now, sometimes, you know, online businesses have less overhead. And, you know, for me, I had to make it profitable enough to live off of because I was putting my husband through school. But you know, how do you hold in both hands the reality that yes, you need to make a profit, but like any business, overnight success is a myth. And how do you, how do you play the long game? Yeah. Well, that's where I think it comes into hand. It comes in really handy when you actually enjoy and love what you do. If I had been stuck forcing myself to write about web design, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't made that pivot, right. Hadn't released that pressure, hadn't embrace that experimentation and exploration. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think you're right on the money, right? We may not have these, this overhead that a lot of online businesses have, but we do have sweat equity that we need to put in, in order to like hone our craft and discover who we want to work with, making all those small tweaks like you talked about. So there is that sweat equity that needs to be put in. And I think that people who are unwilling to even put in that and hopefully you enjoy it, right? So if you're doing something, you enjoy the sweat equity can be joyful as well. Um, but if you're not willing to even put that on, if you're just put that in and you're just expecting this overnight success story, well, you're going to be, I think, up for a lot of disappointment. I think 95% of those overnight success stories, quote unquote, um, were at it for a long time before you were even aware of them. I totally agree. I mean, I think the saying is what, 10 years overnight success? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. To everyone else, it looks like uh, it's overnight success, but they've been like plugging away behind the scenes for 10 years. Exactly. I love everything you had to say about that because I think I've been having this conversation a lot and even, I don't know if you follow along with Hey Sweet Pea, but they have their Unhidden series out right now, just kind of talking about the state of online businesses and online Mm -hmm. marketing. And I just think it's a great conversation to be having. I think, you know, because the online scene was a little bit newer, um, Mm -hmm. obviously than the brick and mortar space, um, you know, we, we bought into some myths and, you know, props to you if you never bought into a myth ever, but I think it was really easy for, um, this space to seem like it was going to be easier to build a business than anywhere else. When in reality, building a business is just building business. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. So how do you stay motivated, especially creating content? That's probably my biggest pain point in my business. Yeah, well, I think, you know, A, I think that if you simplify it and you just focus on having conversations with your people first, that way you're going to know what it is that they want answered. And if you are in the right business, then, you know, you should have you should have enough motivation to answer those questions because you can root into that being of service as well as the exploration of those topics. Um, So I think that's number one is just simplify it 
talk to more of your people, get connected, start talking to them, having real conversations. I think as online businesses, we're like, I can hide behind my computer. I don't have to talk to anybody. (laughs) But I think that you definitely need to get out there, whether it's just having, you know, virtual coffee chats, whether it's engaging in Facebook groups, I think that you need to be talking to the people who you want to be serving. Um, And I think that that, for me, that's always kicked off motivation for my clients as well. That has been where it's so interesting to look back through all our paths and kind of like, I've done a lot, I've had a lot of conversations with them about where they find their motivation for content. And it always comes back to that, just getting reconnected to the people I want to be serving peace. Oh, I love that. You know, if I think about that on my own journey, that's so true. Um, Mm -hmm. the ability to ping off of a friend sometimes yields the greatest inspiration. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're talking to no one (laughs) that way too. Yeah. I think if there's anything I've learned, community is so important because, you know, I remember the early days of starting my blog and turning it into a business. And that was just totally off my friend's grids. You know, they Mm -hmm. had a grid for a blog as a hobby, but they didn't really have a grid for anything beyond that. And so I felt really isolated and alone and like, well, is this really anything? Like, is this a pipe dream? You know, because my (laughs) friends were kind of like, uh, cool, cool hobby girl. You know, and I'm like, no, this is paying my bills, I swear. But I, I think finding community of people who are building businesses, maybe in a totally different niche, but mm-hmm. who kind of understand the back end of that has been so transformative for my journey. Oh, I love that you said that too, because that is, that's absolutely true. Where it feels like you need to find that motivation, especially if it feels like it's just your mom reading your blog, right? If you're answering people's questions, you at least feel, you at least feel like it's for someone. And then as well, finding those supportive communities, um, because entrepreneurship is lonely. Yeah. And it's not for the faint of heart. Not at all. Some days, you know, I think working for myself is easier than the like stress and angst I'd probably feel at a day job because I'm, you know, as an Enneagram 7, I'm not the best at submitting to someone else. But, um, you know, other days it's like, man, it'd be nice to not feel this pressure or it'd be nice to have someone who understands this pressure. And I think that's where um, community has played a really important role in keeping me motivated in moving mm-hmm. forward. So I would love to hear more. Okay, you you made this pivot from having kind of a web design business and then Mm -hmm. moving into content creation. What did that look like at the beginning? You have quite, quite a significant team you've got going on and a full on agency where you have done for you services. How did you make this pivot? How did you even know where to start? I think I think our listeners would love hearing that because a lot of times they don't know where to start. Yeah. So I I started really small and actually a lot of people tell me that I built my business a little bit backwards and I had to do it because of necessity. Um, So because I started my business, I was working my nine to five. I was working in government um, as well as consulting um, kind of did both of those. Um, I only, I could only build my business on the side, right. And found pockets of time and confession. I probably wasn't the best employee. I remember like when things were slow, I'd be working on my business, probably a sign there too. Um, anyways, so 
I would never take back growing my business as a side hustle because it for it allowed me to be more selective and really build the business that I wanted to build. And where people tell me I built it backwards is I actually built a course, um, course model for my business before an agency. So before the services even entered the picture. Um, so people would be asking me to work with me one-on-one, they'd be in my course, they'd be ready for that next step. And I'd have to always tell them no, right. <laughs> because I didn't have time to work with anyone one-on-one. Um, and so I started the agency about, it's almost two years ago now. And I started really small with hiring. So now I have a team of seven, um, as well as an online business manager who manages them because I realized that I'm not the best manager. And so to bring someone on who could be that, you know, be that person between me and the team and manage them, um, was so necessary, but I started really small. I actually had a lot of problems with control and letting go and, um, And so I hired my little brother and he would meet me on Saturdays and he would be on Zoom and I would watch everything he did. So probably, I'm probably not a model to follow in hiring. (laughs) (laughs) That is too funny. And so from there, what was he, how long was it before you hired your second employee? How did you learn to let go? Oh, my little, my little brother was the worst employee ever. Bless (laughs) his heart. I love him so much. Um, but no, he's in college now and he's very happy where he is knowing that he does not want to be an online business. Um, but from there, you know, it was just experimenting with different VAs. I think I, you know, I tried a lot I hired a lot of people until I found the right people. And now we have like a real system in place that, you know, a vetting system, making sure we're interviewing the right people, asking the right questions. They go through the right um, stages of interviewing and hiring. But at the time, it was very much like it felt like placing a bet and we didn't always win. Um, But it helped us get closer and closer to the right people that we needed on the team. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of been, oh, man, I can't even... I don't even know who I hired next. I think I hired like a series of VAs. Um, But as you know, right, because you have a team as well, um, it's very hard to motivate contractors to really feel like a part of the team. And I feel like that's something that we have now that I'm very proud of, um, where everyone feels there's more team to it rather than this is just a gig. And yeah, when, when they're bought in, again, it goes back to having that community piece where you all feel like you're in it together. I love my girls so much. And I say all the time, like, never leave me. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, they're some of my best friends, too. And so I love kind of that team piece. But I'm like you, you know, management is definitely not my strong suit. Um, it took me a long time to let go of tasks. Um, it took me going out of the country and delegating a task for a week before me, <laughs> before I could realize, oh, like, it's going to be fine. If I delegate this, Amber kept telling me to delegate, you know, our mentor. And I, I was like, no, no, I'm just going to do it as long as I need to do it and then close the side of my business. <laughs> and she's like, just try it, just try it. And so that's been quite a journey for me as well. So you launched the course section first, then you built out this agency side. How do you hold a, a multifaceted business? you know, how do you hold those reins kind of in tandem with one another? How do you juggle that? Because I found that sometimes it makes it a little difficult to describe what you do to people. Sometimes it it feels hard to clarify um, Mm -hmm. exactly all the goals. How did you navigate that? 
Oh, that's the million dollar question. It has <laughs> been, it has been a journey learning that juggle now because I have the team that I have and the systems that we have in place. Like the agency side takes me personally one day a week. So I have half a day meetings and then half a day where I'm being really the strategist and kind of reviewing people's work and getting it through the queue. But it's taken a long time for us to get there. Um, so I think like definitely time blocking. I think my, my secret sauce, um, and I have to give credit to Todd Herman for this one, um, has been theme days, right? So really having strong theme days where Monday and Tuesday are my own, like my own business and working on my content for the core side of my business. Wednesdays are my meetings days. Thursdays are the agency work days. And then Fridays is like my CEO day where I do like measurements, all of that boring number stuff. Um, (laughs) But it's been an evolution to get there for sure. And I think as far as telling people what I do, if it's somebody who doesn't know, like my grandmother who asks me about 67 times, so what do you do again? Um, Um, it is the same thing with my job with in communications, but I just, I just tell her I run a marketing agency. Now I don't even mention the core stuff because you get those like wide eyes where they start to think that you're like some kind of online crook swindling. I know (laughs) know. It's, it's sometimes hard to describe. So something you mentioned was, it sounds like you spend I want to debunk this right here and right now. And I think, hey, hey, Sweet Pea's already doing a good job of this. But what I heard you say is it sounds like you spend less time on your agency side than on your course side. And I think everyone right now wants to get into courses for passive income and they think it's easy. What do you have to say to that? Oh my gosh, that is so much work, right? There's so much that goes into it. I think even with my signature course, um, we have been through three audits, right? Where we have completely um, overhauled the entire thing. And so the course that you are dreaming of right now, if you have a course in mind, it very it, it probably is not going to look like what it looks like the first time you create it. And it shouldn't, right? I think that you should get it out there. It's more important to get it out there um, than it is to like wait until you have it right to get it out there. So that's a little bit of an aside, but it definitely, it definitely takes time, right? Because the biggest thing you need traffic, you need traffic to support that kind of business. And that's going to, that's going to like require content. That's going to require marketing. That's going to require putting yourself out there. Um, like we've mentioned Amber so many times, I bet her ears are burning right now. But (laughs) one of the things that she says, and she, um, I think it's like state of the business union was the stat. Um, but it's like businesses that market themselves two days a week grow faster than those who don't. So I've always kind of lived by that motto and tried to keep that ratio. But I mean, that's a lot of time when you think about it, two full days of marketing, um, whether that's content, whether that's, um, pitching yourself, putting yourself out there, social media, whatever that is. Um, but definitely not passive. <laughs> I agree. You know, my, my course has been something that's been very life giving, something fun for me to build. So it's not like, um, I, I don't mind it, but you know, when people are like, Oh, I'm ready to get my course out by July and I can't wait for it to start turning a passive income by the fall. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, it might make some money, but I do hope you're about to invest that right back into your course for marketing. And so, um, you know, for me, my journey, I had a killer first launch on my course, better than I could have imagined. I never expected to sell like a hundred plus courses my uh-huh. first launch with no ads. You know, I was winging it. I had not div- dove in, divin. I have not, I had not dived (laughs) into the (laughs) 
online course world, I was like, oh, I'm just running an Instagram agency. I'll teach a course for the DIYers. And then I realized, oh, I, I captured the audience that was ready to buy on that first launch. Now I got to put my big girl pants on and learn how to market this thing. Now that kind of the initial buyers aren't, are done, you know, they purchased. And so um, ever since fall of 2016, it's been just kind of a constant state of learning of what's working. You know, even, even ads cost much, it's, it's a different price point now than it was two years ago. So it's just ever evolving and, and just getting used to a landscape that changes constantly. I know. I think my team, I think like, everyone who talks to me is so sick of me saying, um, hearing me say that I wish I like three years ago that I put all my money into Facebook ads at the time yeah. when they were the cost that they were. But, um, you know, not to be all doom and gloom. I think that courses are definitely worth it, especially if you are truly invested in the learning experience, truly invested in really transforming lives. Um, and those payment plans, I, you know, I love the, I love the steadiness that payment plans give me in my revenue every month and that I can count on that to like cover my business expenses, cover my team salaries, um, cover my own salary, right? While I'm able to focus on developing new business. So once you get to that state, it is pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. It, it is amazing to know, like in a, in a space that can be feast or famine, creating that steadiness. I think that's the goal and, and, and worth pursuing, worth mm -hmm. playing the long game with your course, but just knowing it is a long game, you know? Totally. And so, I, I mean, I think one of the course creators in my industry, you know, did a live launch every week for like a year or every other week until he could get it on autopilot. And I'm like, wow, wow. that's dedication, but a reminder of it. It takes passive income is often not passive at the beginning. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what would your advice be for someone who is kind of starting out to starting out as they kind of build their business or maybe they have a small team and, and want to grow and expand? Um, you are content queen for the sake of marketing. How can they really create content that is an expression of their kind of business's soul in order to drive sales? Yeah. So I, my biggest piece of advice is to simplify things. I think that we all like the people that I talk to, they have a tendency to want to try all the things and try all of them at once. And then, and then like comes a new quarter and they're changing all the things and trying all the new things at once. And so it's impossible to pinpoint what is working and what isn't working. So I think if you can really simplify and focus on finding one core, core channel to get your content out there, some core form of blogging, because we want it to be on your own website. So you can hopefully capture those leads. Honestly, with the algorithm changing and Kelsey, you know, this more than anyone, right? With the algorithms changing on all the social media channels, it feels like every other day. Um, it is important to be driving that traffic that you do have on social media right now, back to your website, onto your email list, uh, because that's the traffic that you own. Right. Um, so I think coming up with simplifying, choosing one, medium of content to put out there as a blog, right? Whether that's video, whether that's audio, like a podcast like this, um, or whether that's a written blog post, you don't necessarily have to do one or the other, right? You just need to choose one of them and work that and choose the one that you enjoy, because if it's something that you enjoy, you're going to stick with it. And if you stick with it, you're going to see results. Um, and so I would just advocate starting there. 
I can't agree enough. I, I think simplifying is an underrated strategy because we do often we are multi-passionate. We do have multiple dreams we want to launch into the world. But if we can go slow and steady, define one, develop it, build it out, make it profitable, then the profit from that first dream might be able to fund the next dream and so on. Mm -hmm. And so I can't agree enough. And that's been my journey. You know, I've taken the profits from one thing to build the next. And that way too, you know, I love the book, Big Magic. I mean, I'm sure the Radiant listeners are like, can we stop talking about Big Magic? <laughs> but she talks about not making too much of a demand on her art. Um, and she waited tables while she wrote in those early years. And then she got the book deals and the, that book deal led to the next one, which led to Eat, Pray, Love. You know, like it's not like she, her journey is nothing to sneeze at, but she mm -hmm. didn't make too much of a demand of her dreams in the beginning. And I, I think, and you as well as I, it sounds like worked a day job at the beginning of building your business. And so did I, you know, sometimes that um, isn't everyone's journey. And it's fine if you're not still kind of working a day job while you're building out your dream, but it does give you the cash flow. It's not always fun, but it gives you the cash flow. Oh, yeah. I tell everyone that, right? Like it, it allows you to build a business not out of desperation. Yeah, It allows you to be picky and pick pick yeah be picky and choose where you want to take your business so I would not change that for the world I love that Elizabeth Gilbert said that I never knew that because Marie Forleo says something um similar like don't expect your don't expect your dreams to pay or, or whatever it is but I, I love it's it's a common thread pay attention people it <laughs> is true. so good and I, I, I like how you said it just now not demanding you know something from your business out of desperation I know those early years and because I've had to build a business from a place of being scrappy, even though I did still work my day job at the beginning, that first year after I went out on my own, not working my day job anymore, I do remember that feeling of I should take that client or they're so difficult, but I should take them anyways because I need the money. And it's not worth it. It would be more worth it to stay kind of in your day job as you build out clients so. that are life-giving to serve if that's, you know, an opportunity you have because I, exactly. I'm just all for <laughs> I don't ever want to live or create from a place of got to land that client, got to take that job, got to do everything. It's just, it's not, you know, I got into to building my business for freedom of finances and freedom of time. And it's so easy to get to a place where it's no longer freedom. Oh, and before you know it, right. And then all of a sudden you backed yourself into this corner that it's very hard to get out of, like for people who are there right now. Yeah. My hat's off to you because it, it's a very easy thing, very easy situation to corner yourself into. Yeah. Have you ever gotten backed into a corner where you've had to figure out how do I get out of this? I don't like where I've ended up. How do I change the way in which I'm doing business? Cause this is no longer life-giving at all. Yeah, I think as somebody, I think as an Enneagram one over here, I like to plan and I like to strategize. And so where I have backed myself into that corner is when I have created these massive visions at the start of the year. And I start believing that I start believing in failure, right? I start believing in failure even before I failed, you know, and backing myself into a corner with expenses and trying to make that happen when you know, I've always preferred to run a bit more, a bit more leanly and, um, and have the ability to pivot a bit more. So I think shortening those time frames of those planners for my over planners who are listening, um, and not, you know, and being flexible, being flexible and not buying into 
fail, failure or success or feeling behind because that truly is an illusion. It is. It, it so is. Man, Haley, I could talk to you all day long. I would love for you to tell us about how people can work with you. You've got kind of your agency side of things with them for you services, and you've got opportunities to kind of work work with you in the in the context of courses, but also in the context of a mastermind where people can like run hand in hand with you for what, six months or a year. I would love for you to tell us about all of the opportunities that people can work with you. Yeah, well, I think the easiest way to work with me, if you just kind of want to dip your toes in, um, is I have a membership community called the Content Empire Clubhouse, and it's all for people who want to get more consistent with creating content, as well as get some accountability and community around those goals of creating content consistently and seeing more results from it. Um, So you can check that out at yourcontentempire.com forward slash clubhouse. Awesome. Haley, I have loved our conversation. You'll have to come back on and give us an update soon enough because, again, I think people are always trying to figure out how to create content, how to create content that's aligned and an expression of who they are or who their business is. And so I think this has been such a fun conversation. And thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crewneck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.